So I made the decision this morning, without the consultation of my wife, to do things a little bit differently today. Um, sorry for throwing a curveball at you right now, but this could be fun. <laughs> so what I would like to do today is, um, I, I have a full sermon prepared, but um, I thought I would just offer a few uh, highlights of thoughts that I have from this text, but then I would love to invite you all, not, maybe not every single person, but I would, I would like to invite a couple of you to come up uh, and share. So this story um, culminates in Jesus looking around the room saying, here are my brothers and my sisters and my mother. Uh, Jesus is creating a new family. He's, he's establishing the family of God. He's, he's redefining family as those who have a common faith and history with one another and who are close to the proximity of Jesus himself. And so my question for you that I would, I would love to invite you to come up and share is, how have you seen the family of God at work in your life? Uh, you could take that to mean this last year. You could take that to mean uh, this family restoration. Uh, if you're a guest with us today, visiting from a, another church, you, maybe you have a testimony that would be um, encouraging to us to share. It doesn't have to be pertaining to restoration. Um, so how have you seen God's family ministering to you, blessing you um, lately? And, and I think we would all be very encouraged by that. Uh, so like I said, I've, I've got a few thoughts. So obviously, th this isn't going to be a deep dive verse by verse. This is a very complicated passage from Mark that we have today. There's also some controversial passages in here, some verses in here. And we're not going to be able to do a, a complete deep dive on that um, after the service. If you want to like chat about some of the nitty gritties in this, I'd love to do so. Um, but like I said, I, I would like to offer just a, a few um, things that I believe are from the Lord. And then I'd, I'd really love to hear from you this morning. That sounds good? Okay, all right, Molly, Molly says we can do that, so here we go. Um, so this is the first Sunday of ordinary time. Uh, this is the second half of the church calendar, also sometimes referred to as the season after Pentecost. Uh, and this is the season, if, if the first half of the church calendar is, you could view as the book of God the Son, this second half is the book of God the Spirit. It's a season after Pentecost, and if you look at the front of your bulletin, you'll see that we're gonna start counting our Sundays uh, from Pentecost. And what we want to look at is, is the, how normal it is to be filled by God's Spirit. It is ordinary to be filled with God's Spirit. So what does ordinary life with the Spirit look like? And particular to today's passage, what does it look like to be uh, an ordinary um, uh, member of God's family? So this passage from Mark chapter 3 uh, is, is uh, well, one of the fun things about Mark is that he likes to tell stories like sandwich stories is, is what some scholars call them, a, a sandwich story. So you've got your two pieces of bread uh, and then your meat in the middle. And in this story, the, the first piece of bread would be the story of Jesus interacting with his family. And then we've got the meat of the story, and then the story with Jesus' family picks up again at the, uh, in the third section of this, at the bottom of this. But in the middle, you have that whole uh, story with the scribes that are going on. And when Mark does this, when he tells these sandwich stories, they're kind of like two stories woven together that are supposed to speak into one another. 
They're related to one another. And it invites us, the reader, to see what's going on here. What sort of truths are explicit to both stories in and of themselves, but how do these stories inform one another and relate to one another and bring sort of hidden um, joys and insights um, to the surface? And today is no exception to that. Today we have this story that begins with Jesus' family being very disturbed by what Jesus is doing. Uh, they see that he's not, um, he, he's ministering in a way that's, that's drawing these huge crowds that are stirring up a, an interesting view of, of his reputation and stuff. And, and people are very troubled by what he's doing. And he's not even able to, to, in verse, I think it's 20 it is, right there, it says that he wasn't even able to provide food for himself and his ministers or his other um, disciples. So this is kind of disturbing. And it leads his family to say he is out of his mind. He is out of his mind which is a phrase that we still use today. It's, it's an insult. Maybe you've been on the receiving end of that insult. Maybe you've said that to somebody before. You are out of your mind. You know, it's not a good thing when we say that to people. But then that brings us to the second section there of the interaction with the scribes. And the scribes are also very disturbed by what Jesus is doing. Uh, but in this situation, the scribes are disturbed um, and, and their insult is taken to a whole nother level. This section culminates at the end when they say, you have an unclean spirit. You have an unclean spirit. So what the scribes are doing is they're, they're seeing what Jesus is doing, healing the sick, casting out demons. The sight of the blind is being restored. The kingdom of God is breaking forth into the, into the world right now. And the scribes' reaction is to attribute it not to God and give glory to God, but to attribute it to Satan and the power of Satan. And that's why Jesus says what he says with those parables. He's like, Satan cannot be divided against himself. He, he shows us through the logic of these parables. But that's also why we have that, that phrase that's caused a lot of confusion in, in every nation and across all time about that unforgivable sin. But what Jesus is saying here is, you are seeing the work of the Spirit, and you're calling it the work of the devil? That is blasphemy. And so Jesus is issuing a stern warning there to the scribes. And so that climaxes with the scribes saying he has an unclean spirit. So first you have the family saying he, uh, he's out of his mind. Then you have the scribes saying he has an unclean spirit. You know, both of these, inst or both of these are, are massive insults that are being given to Jesus. And maybe you've been affected by that before. Maybe you have people very close to you that because of your faith have accused you of being out of your mind. Or maybe you've been in religious settings where uh, the religious leaders in a context have, have seen your ministry, have, have seen the fruit of the Holy Spirit in the things that you've been doing, and it's been attributed to an, a work or an evil force. You know, a lot of us could maybe tell those kinds of stories, if, if we had the microphone open for that, of times in which these institutions that should be protecting us, that should be loving us, institutions of family and religion or, or, or school or, or law or other institutions have instead betrayed us and beaten us down and scarred us in very significant ways. So it's in this context that Jesus then gives us quite a bit of hope, quite a bit of joy and excitement. And what Jesus says, he, he looks around the room, 
room that would have been much smaller than this. In fact, some scholars think that maybe it was only the 12 uh, who were there with him. So a very small room. And he says, who, who's my family? Who's my family? Is it not those who are here? Is it not those who are close to me? He says, those who do the will of God, those are my brothers and my sisters and my mother. And I love, too, just as a little aside, I love that Jesus includes sisters in there. Church should never be a, a boys' club. Uh, it, it should never be uh, the equivalent of a cigar lounge or whatever. Uh, it's, it's for brothers and sisters. Um, but that's the context that we come to this question of family. Jesus, or the hope of family, not the question of family, the hope of family. Jesus here is recreating the family on the basis of two things. First, the basis is on proximity. We see in this that proximity matters. Physical presence matters. Jesus says, here, looking around to those in the room, those who are within earshot of my word, those who are in arm's reach of my table, those are my brothers and sisters. It's one of the reasons why I'm so excited for all of these restrictions of the pandemic to be breaking apart and loosening because we have been a dispersed, divided people for way too long. And obviously, I know that it's, it's still appropriate for many to, to still be at home through the live stream. That's, that's why we have this. We know that you are spiritually participating with us, and we know that you want to be here with us. It's one of the reasons why we're so excited for our outdoor services, is we feel that in that situation, all the barriers will be gone, and we'll all be able to be together again, because proximity matters. But also what Jesus says is, those who do the will of God. Obedience matters as well, and we've been talking about that in a lot of different ways over the past several weeks, that Jesus desires for us to walk in the fullness of life, which includes adherence to the, the instructions that he has given us through his holy word. Obedience matters so that we can live fully as human beings. And so that is the family that he welcomes us into. You see, when you are baptized into the family of God, you're not just being baptized into a family with, with God as your father and Jesus as your elder brother. You are being baptized into this. You are adopted into this, where we have brothers and sisters, people who come alongside us and cry when we cry, who laugh when we laugh, who have fun together, who call each other out when we're sometimes out of line. We are a family together. And so I'm going to take a seat now. Uh, I've talked it longer than I thought I would. Uh, and I would love to hear from you this morning. So how have you seen the Spirit of God working in your life through the family? Maybe it's in the context of your life group. Maybe it's in the context of um, a, a teaching, a series, or something that we've done. Maybe it's just in the context of uh, walking around the lake with some friends. How have you seen uh, the family of God at work in your life? Oh, a couple tiny details. This first step is really, it's, it's a doozy. Don't trip on that. Uh, the Parkway are working on the lights right now. That's why the lights look a little different than last week. When you got up here, you will be blinded. Uh, so be careful for that. Um, and try to share just maybe a couple of minutes because I'd, I'd love to hear uh, from several people today. So, all right.
Hi, everyone. Uh, this is going to be very disorganized because uh, that's how I am. So, <laughs> um, but I can say, you know, maybe speaking for my wife Jenna too, I think that our our family here at Restoration has been so particularly meaningful meaningful for us, especially during the pandemic, because neither Jenna nor I have family who live here um, in Minnesota. You know, Jenna's from Oregon, I'm from Ohio, and. So the only real consistent people that we see all the time are you, you know, and um, uh, I would say our life group is, you know, certainly a part of that, but, you know, the, the coming together every week and having that, um, that consistency to see all of your faces and um, just to know all the different things that are going on in the congregation is, a, is just a wonderful gift. And um, God's really ministered to, to me and Jenna and... Um, and a lot of our friends that we know, especially those who, um, you know, uh, not just, you know, I'm not saying the pandemic's over by any means. What, what I'm really saying is that especially when a lot of the lockdowns and things like that were happening, so many of our friends just felt so profoundly and utterly isolated and alone, you know. And um, I don't think that Jenna and I ever really felt that way because we had you, you know, and... Um, yeah, just seeing all of you and having conversations with you every week and being encouraged by that, being ministered to by, um, by Rick and by Molly um, has been uh, nothing short of a treasure for us. So thank you for being our family away from home and in the kingdom. So we're, we enjoy spending time with you now, but we'll enjoy spending time with you forever too. So thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I know we always come as a match set. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> I just wanted to witness to the fact that um, Leo and Guy and I and to and kind of by extension my husband Carl have been really welcomed by restoration over the past well two and a half or three years almost. Um, but um, in the most palpable on the ground concrete ways, um, just a handful of them are. Uh, when Guy was born, all of the meals that arrived to us in the middle of the pandemic was just so uh, such a blessing. Um, to use a commonly used term, <laughs> um, it was incredible. Um, and also, um, by the same token, giving me an outlet for giving to others, which I've been hungry to do, um, and so especially during the unrest in the city last year, um, giving me an opportunity to serve through the church. Um, so to kind of both the give and the take of church life has been um, precious. And um, I was just telling Leo this morning that the church, how the church is not a building, um, but we are the building. And I was trying to explain it to him in terms of Duplos, and that was really helpful, by the way. <laughs> Um, so we're gonna, I wanted, we wanted to put names on all the Duplos and then build a house and then put God inside. So um, we're going to probably do that when we get home. But anyway, um, 
So thank you for being part of our Duplo house. <laughs> That's awesome. Thank you, Tom. Hey everyone, uh, my name is Justice Whitmer. My wife Priscilla and daughter Quinn uh, have been attending here for a year and a half now um, and just wanted to say how overwhelmed we have been by what a blessing you all have been to us. Um, we started attending right before the lockdown happened and it was, so it was a little, took a little bit to kind of get plugged in, but even through that time, it was such a blessing to us to have people reaching out to us via Zoom, via text. Um, when we started meeting in person, even though there was a lot less of us, there were still people reaching out and we were able to get plugged in and just the opportunities that came to us uh, to help minister, uh, to the congregation in return and to volunteer were just overwhelming to us. Um, so, and on top of that, we had our life group that we were able to get plugged into and they have been such a huge blessing to us, Aaron. <laughs> and um, it's just been overwhelming to um, have friends, uh, even among a pandemic, like learn to know and learn to know friends and start relationships um, so yeah, thank you so much. It uh, has been such, such a blessing. I know I've been saying that a lot, but it truly has been. So thank you, thank you all. Good morning. Um, most of you I don't know, um, although I've participated in some virtual things with you. Um, about a year ago, I was considering moving to Minneapolis from overseas and so started looking for Anglican churches. And thanks to the pandemic, one of the benefits was I was able to join in some morning prayer groups. Thanks to the time zone difference, it worked really well. And then um, I was able to meet Molly and Rick. They made themselves available. Um, so I was able to learn more about restoration from a long distance away, and then also joined a life group. Um, again, thanks to the time difference and live streaming. <laughs> so um, I just, and then now as I'm here in Minneapolis, I've been here a couple of weeks. Um, I don't have a place to, to live yet, so I've had multiple people reach out and offer me their homes to stay in, and I just feel so grateful for um, just blessings on so many different levels and grateful I don't need to church hop when I'm moving to a new city, um, which in the past has been really exhausting. So um, I'm just thankful for you as a group um, inviting me in and um, look forward to meeting you more as the pandemic is finishing and we can get to know each other face to face. Thanks.
Hello, I'm John, uh, John Hesse Moline. I know many of you, and I've been blessed, as people are saying, to participate in the worship team, and that has been a wonderful experience. Um, one thing that's related to this passage in Mark is uh, I've, my family is, uh, my birth family um, are unbelievers, and that has caused um, a lot of conflict. And uh, so um, <clears throat> a problem that I had with that is um, they would say things that are blasphemous, like deny the resurrection, and, and, uh, and they think that I'm crazy, which, which I am, but not for that reason. <laughs> But, uh, you know, and so I took the opportunity to uh, discuss uh, my problems with, that I was having with anger with, with Rick, and uh, he was very generous with his time. And I know that, you know, my own personal problems with anger is not, doesn't compare with the many very serious problems that many other people have. But... I was I was very I was struggling with it and praying about it and I was just you know it was keeping me awake at night and um, and I was finding myself having these imaginary arguments I won't make this too long but um right here or right over there one one morning I I uh, I kneeled down uh, during the time for repentance and uh, and it really. I felt this. I felt the Holy Spirit. He uh, reached down, and he, it was like a taproot, you know, like a dandelion root, and he just yanked that anger right out of my heart. So I have been feel, experiencing uh, much more joy every day. I'm not arguing with people who are not in the room with me. <laughs> um, and uh, so my... This is a very good example of my birth family, who I love and I pray for every day, and this family here who uh, helps me out. Thank you. Last call. <laughs> because of the pandemic, this has been a hard year with this has been a hard year for me with friends, especially at school, but come to church, I have so many friends, and not just friends, but extra brothers, sisters, aunts, and uncles who make me feel loved. I can do this myself. No, back off. <laughs> Micromanager. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. 
Um, my name is Seth. Uh, my family and I have been coming here for a couple of years. Um, and I, I want to share uh, just something about sort of the design work that's going into the, the church, the Mount Zion building that we're moving into. Um, I've been part of a, of a church rebuild before. Um, and as some of you know, uh, it, was, it was devastating um, for me and my family. And this is an, this, I've seen this as an opportunity now. Rick has invited me to be on the design team and to help out with some things. And I'm actually experiencing uh, redemption. I'm experiencing um, just the joy of being part of this, a very similar process, but in a very different environment. And one of the, one of the huge differences that, that I've noticed is in, in the other context, um, to try to make things simpler, we were, we were trying to create like very few voices in the room who are making decisions. And this is, this is very different. And we have like, like a dozen people who are all coming with different perspectives and different backgrounds and making some, some potentially contentious decisions like what color is the carpet gonna be? Um, which, believe me, that those can be contentious. Um, but it has been a real, real joy for me to be in these meetings and to see just the family working together to create and to help, to help create this space that will be welcoming to the larger family. Um, so it's just been, it's been a beautiful and a wonderful thing for me to experience. And like I said, it's been really, really redemptive. And uh, I can't wait, I can't wait until we are in that space. So thank you. Great. Well, thank you, everyone. Thanks for, thanks for sharing. Um, and if there's other stories that, that you wish that you could have shared, please feel free to email those to me, and we can uh, figure out a way to get those out to the church and, and get those out. But um, if, if you are a guest here today, you are welcome as a part of this family. Um, the, the beautiful thing about uh, the church is that she is always growing. And uh, we, we hope that this could be a home for you. Or if, if you have a home at another church, that's great. Uh, just please um, um, know that, that you are part of the extended family as well, and we love that relationship too. Um, and then if there's others in your lives who you can think of, who you know of, who've just been particularly chewed up by this pandemic, um, this, this can be a place of hope and of healing and of restoration. Uh, I'm so excited to move into a season of, uh, we've got a few more weeks here, uh, and then we'll head outside, uh, and then as Seth mentioned, after that, this fall, we'll be moving into a facility, um, and man, each, each one of these, we're going to be seeing um, rebuilding of our ministries, and I'm just so excited for all of that, not because this is a return of many of our programs, uh, and things like that, but because this is a, a restoration of family values, a, a restoration of family habits and traditions. I can't wait to have large meals with you again. I can't wait to have um, deep times of prayer with you again. Um, it's going to be a rich, rich time of fellowship. But um, 
Yes, what, what a wonderful way to start the season of ordinary by reminding ourselves about the ordinary goodness of God's family. Uh, so with all of that in mind, let's pray. Dear Lord God, our Father in heaven, um, we give you thanks because you are a good, good Father. And uh, as, as we've just recounted uh, in this time of sharing, you have blessed us with so many good gifts. Lord, I pray that we would be responsible stewards of those gifts, that we would share the gifts of, of fellowship and joy and peace and prayer and hope and healing and reconciliation, that we would share those gifts with those in our reach whose lives are linked with ours. Continue, Holy Spirit, to pour down into us, um, fill us, form us more into likeness of you, Jesus Christ. We pray all of these things in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit.